morning, everybody. I'm Paul Lisnick. And I'm Tamon Bradley. This is WGN-TV Political Report coming up. Yours is posing a direct threat to our public health. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot gets real tough with Chicagoans refusing to comply with the state's stay-at-home order. And... Nor was the staffing built uh, to, you know, withstand this kind of onslaught. As the dust settles on the first week of the state's stay-at-home order, unemployment numbers in Illinois and across the U.S. shoot up. And later, a rare bipartisan deal passes the test in Washington, but will the federal stimulus package be enough to rescue a desperate nation? The state of Illinois is waking up this morning to week two of the being asked to stay at home order. Yeah, as of yesterday, Tamon, the number of positive coronavirus cases stands just shy of 3,500. Deaths have climbed to 47, including one infant. And yet officials continue to warn the worst could be yet to come. This virus doesn't care that you're bored and that you want to hang out with your friends. It doesn't care that you don't believe that it's dangerous. The virus could care less if you think that I'm overreacting. In Chicago this week, Mayor Lori Lightfoot furious with residents congregating outside followed through with threats to shut down the city's lakefront, Riverwalk and 606 Trail. And activists continue to push the mayor to do more to help financially struggling residents. Alderman Brian Hopkins, second ward, covers parts of the lakefront on the city's north side. And he's joining us live this morning from his home in Chicago. Alderman, welcome to Political Report. Let me start by getting your assessment of how Mayor Lightfoot is doing. She seems tough. How does it seem to you? You know, both the mayor and the governor uh, have really stepped up their leadership in, in this time of crisis. Uh, a lot of the frustration you heard expressed by the mayor uh, in the days leading up to her closure order for the parks uh, that was frustration that we were all sharing privately uh, during the conference calls that we have with uh, the mayor's team and, frankly, all 50 aldermen uh, on a daily basis. We were all frustrated with the lack of cooperation we were seeing and with people really not understanding the severity of this crisis, the ease which this virus is transmitted. Uh, and the mayor allowed her emotions uh, to be on public display as a means to tell people you have to take this seriously. It is literally a matter of life and death. Act like it. Uh, so it, it was an appropriate response and uh, it seemed to work uh, because our uh, public activity um, has declined noticeably, especially on the lakefront and in the parks. Alderman, for many Chicagoans, rent is due April 1st. There is momentum growing for Mayor Lightfoot to issue an indefinite freeze on rent, mortgages and utility payments across the city. People have in fact signed an online petition do you support this freeze? Uh, it's a good idea. I think we need to have some details on it. There's a lot of small landlords that are, you know, living paycheck to paycheck themselves. You know, they own three flats and they live in one of them uh, and, and their income is needed to keep the building safe. Uh, so we can't just have a, a blanket uh, ban on paying your rent and, and paying your mortgage. Uh, that won't work. We're going to have to look at each individual situation uh, and, and see who qualifies for some need based relief, just like we would with any other payment. Uh, Alderman, you know, it appears the mayor does not want to get ahead of the governor in, in the discussion that people are having. Will this uh, shut-in go beyond April 7th? How long can the city survive economically if this thing were to continue? And it looks like it could. You know, the, the economic damage we're going to incur uh, will be severe at this point, no matter what we do. And as important as it is, 
uh, it's really a, a side issue. The main issue is protecting our lives, protecting the lives of the first responders, the Chicago police, the paramedics, the fire department, uh, the healthcare system. Um, they're all on the front lines and they're at risk right now. So we have to do what we're doing right now for as long as it takes. And I don't want to say without regard to the economic consequences, but we really do need to put that aside. As uh, the governor said, uh, it doesn't matter if you have a livelihood if you don't have a life. Uh, and that's really where we're at right now. So we're going to have to find a way to claw back from the economic damage when this crisis eventually passes. But until that time, we just need to focus on stopping this pandemic um, before more lives are lost. Alderman, Cook County is delaying collecting uh, booze and uh, tobacco taxes to help uh, struggling businesses. Uh, do you think that there's anything the city can do within city boundaries to help small businesses? What more should be done? Yeah, there's a lot we can do and there, there's a lot we are doing right now. Um, our Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection uh, has a very good database of all the small businesses in Chicago. We're going uh, on a one by one basis. We're reaching out to them, basically saying, what do you need? What do you need to survive this this time? Uh, and we're offering grants. We're offering cash assistance. We're offering technical support. Uh, and we're also trying to help businesses that have voluntarily closed or were closed by the non-essential order. Uh, knowing that they're going to be on hold for a period of time, we want them to reopen. Uh, so we're looking for ways now where we can have assistance that's waiting in the wings for when this crisis is finally over and we can help businesses turn the lights back on and get the plywood off their windows. Just to touch base on your ward, the second ward, Alderman, uh, look, a lot of restaurants and those kind of businesses are going to the curbside service, the carryout service. What are you hearing from the businesses in your ward about how well that's working? I, where I live, I'm seeing even some of those businesses not being able to sustain that. Yes, yeah, some of them are having difficulty keeping their employees, uh, you know, on board, showing up for work. They all have families and they have uh, problems of their own right now, as we all do. Uh, many of them in my ward um, are functioning. You know, if they're bringing in half of the revenue that they usually do, um, but their costs are staying the same because a lot of their monthly costs are fixed. Every day that they continue to operate is a day they're digging deeper into the financial hole and it would make more sense for them to simply close their doors uh, in that case. But if they're providing food and they're providing a valuable life-sustaining service for the community, um, we need them to stay open. And those are among the businesses that I mentioned that our Department of Business Affairs uh, has been reaching out to and saying, look, we need you to keep preparing food. We need your kitchen to stay open even while your dining room's closed. Uh, what can we do to help you do that? All right, Alderman Brian Hopkins of Chicago Second Ward, thank you so much for your time, sir. We're going to take our first break and coming up. Paying attention, maybe this is your wake up call. How the state is handling the growing number of coronavirus cases and shrinking revenue streams. We're talking to State Senator Bill Brady. Stay with us. Welcome back to WGN-TV Political Report. As Illinois enters another week under a stay-at-home order, everyone is beginning to feel the economic fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic. More than 114,000 people filed unemployment insurance claims last week in Illinois. That's an increase of 950% in just seven days. And while the state is set to get about $2.7 billion from the federal stimulus plan, revenue continues dropping by the day. And the governor's balanced budget predicting predictions are now being tossed out of the window.
There's no doubt that any estimates that were made even two months ago would be, um, you know, uh, not useful at this point. I don't think anybody expected where we would be today. Meantime, the usually busy state legislature is basically at a standstill. Spring session has been canceled for a third week in a row out of Illinois stay at home order and as that continues. Illinois State Senator and Republican Minority Leader Bill Brady joins me live from his home in Bloomington. Senator, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. You, of course, are a legislative leader. Can you talk about the involvement of the legislative leaders at this point? Are you meeting with Governor Pritzker? Is he briefing you? Yes, we're, there's constant communication. Uh, I meet with my caucus in a conference call twice a week and practically talk to every member several times. The governor's been very forthright in keeping uh, the legislative leaders in touch, as was Dick Durbin last week and our congressman and others. I think the communication is flowing very well, and we're all working together uh, to try to uh, mitigate uh, problems we have and, and look toward the future. Leader, you pushed Governor Pritzker to follow the federal government in extending uh, the income tax filing deadline. The governor did now extending that deadline to July 15th. Are you at all worried, though, about the state's uh, cash flow? Governor Pritzker did point to the fact uh, that there is concern that the state just might not have money here in the coming months. Right. The first priority here was to uh, help people distance themselves. So. It didn't make sense to uh, our caucus and the people we represent as we heard from them that they would have to go meet with the people in their business and their accountant to file their state tax returns. So safety was a concern. Uh, also, the economy. Uh, those people uh, who are going to bring tax dollars to the state eventually uh, need to have some flexibility, need to be able to stay in business because without them in the future, there will really be a budget and a cash flow crisis. Uh, but we're always concerned about that. We're, we're fiscally responsible, but yet we realize we need an economic engine and where a lot of the members in my caucus are focused on the public safety and the public health. We're also very focused on how we're going to rebuild this economy and pleased to see the federal package as Governor Pritzker was pleased to see it. And uh, we're, we're working to make sure we can get information to people to exercise as soon as possible uh, the benefits of that package to keep Illinois economy moving forward. Uh, we're going to need to focus on that once we once we win this war against the virus. You mentioned that massive federal relief package. What do you know about the $2.7 billion coming to Illinois? Well, uh, there's a lot of money that will be coming to Illinois. We are one of the largest states in the nation, uh, nearly $5 billion to state and local governments, uh, probably another 4 to $5 billion to hospitals and on down the road. Uh, there's, there's a lot of relief in here to help uh, people who've been harmed by this virus economically and in other ways. So uh, I, I believe it was certainly a, a good first step. As, as the governor said, you take a victory uh, when you can get it. It may not be enough, but uh, uh, there's a lot that needs to be done. And, and our members, my members, are doing everything they can, as I know the other caucuses are, with their members to work with their constituents uh, to give them information they can to keep uh, things going as well as possible during these tragic, devastating times. And leader, Republican representatives Brad Holbrook and Chris Miller essentially said uh, that the virus is a Chicago area problem based on the statistics, uh, and they laid out a plan for businesses in the state. Among their ideas, a freezing unemployment insurance rates for one year, a freeze in the minimum wage for nearly two years, and a salary, uh, a sales tax holiday. Uh, does that plan make sense to you? Well, certainly uh, freezing the unemployment 
uh, rates makes sense to me. Uh, this was a government-ordered shutdown, and this wasn't uh, poor business decisions. And, and we shouldn't penalize those businesses. We should help them get back up and running as soon as possible. Uh, there are other provisions that we need to be looking at. My caucus is every day talking to businesses uh, throughout their district to talk about what challenges they face now and what they're going to face when it comes to restarting their business. We're going to be looking at a whole host of areas. Uh, this isn't a partisan issue. Democrats will be as well. We're all going to be looking for what we can do to rebuild this economy. The representatives also want Governor Pritzker to suspend the vote on the progressive uh, income tax uh, that goes on the ballot in November. Do you think that's a good idea? Well, of course, I didn't support that in the first place. I think it puts at risk middle-income families. Uh, we'll have time to debate that. I, I, I do not think that should be passed. Uh, of course, I think it would be better relief to take it off the question, but uh, we'll work on that down the road. Right now, we've got to work on mitigating uh, these um, challenges uh, that we face both in health and in economy, and uh, I'm focused on that right now. Got about 10 seconds left. The Senate is not scheduled to come back until late April. What do you know about how the legislature will be able to work here in the spring session? Well, President Harmon and I have discussed uh, the talk in you know, communications numerous times. We're working on a, a plan and, and putting in place what are the emergent issues that we will have to address, like the budget and things focused around the budget. I'm confident we'll figure out a way to do that uh, and yet keep the members of the General Assembly safe and, and work toward uh, to winning this war against the virus. Senate Republican Leader Bill Brady, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning. All right, coming up next. They have to go back to work. Our country has to go back. Our country is based on that. And uh, I think it's gonna happen pretty quickly. With the stimulus plan in place and President Trump restless, can the U.S. economy survive the onslaught of a global pandemic? Economist Austin Goolsbee weighs in after this. Welcome back. After a delay on Capitol Hill, the largest stimulus package in U.S. history has now been signed into law by President Donald Trump. And while much of the country is hardly two weeks into a major shutdown, President Trump is floating the idea of getting rid of restrictions early. The president even suggesting, at the dismay of his own task force, that the country should be reopened by the first week of April. My question is, you have two doctors on stage with you. Have either of them told you that's a realistic timeline? I think we're looking at a timeline. We're discussing it. We had a very good meeting today. Uh, you know, if you add it all up, uh, that's uh, probably nine days plus another two and a half weeks. It's a period of time that's longer than the original two weeks. So uh, we're going to look at it. We'll only do it if it's good. You can look at a date, but you've got to be very flexible. And on a, on a literally day-by-day day and week-by-week week basis, you need to evaluate the feasibility of what you're trying to do. The president says he is now considering reopening certain parts of the U.S. faster than others. Austin Goolsbee is the former chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors and a member of President Barack Obama's cabinet. He's a professor of economics at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, among lots of other titles. Austin, thanks for joining me. I appreciate yeah, it. My pleasure. Hey, so the economic uh, employment bad news started last week. Almost 3.3 million applications for unemployment uh, benefits. Uh, tip of the iceberg, or is this a temporary situation, or get ready for more? Uh, it, might, it might be all three of those. Um, it seems like tip of the iceberg, so get ready for more, because uh, in addition to being 
5x the biggest week of unemployment filings we have ever had in this country. We got many reports of thousands of people overloading the unemployment systems, and so they probably won't show up till next week. At the same time, we certainly hope that this is temporary, but all that hinges on you got to get control of the spread of the virus before people can go back to work. So I would say hunkering down in the short term is what we got to do. And, of course, as you know, Congress now, President, signing the bill, giving people, basically depending on income, uh, $1,200 uh, as, as a one-time payment. My question is, first of all, is that the right number? I mean, if I live in Chicago, Illinois, I don't know how much it helps me. Maybe if I live in Centralia or Cairo, it's different. Yeah, it's probably different in, in, in Cairo. The thing is, the average rent or mortgage payment for people in Chicago is well over $1,000. So... $1,200 is, is helpful. It's going to be good that people get those checks, but we should not kid ourselves if we cannot slow the spread of that virus. We're going to be back and need more money because there are going to be people who can't put food on the table or stay in their, in their residence. As you know, the president's trying to push to reopen government by Easter or whatever that timeline will be. My question to you is, is it worse to stay shut now for a longer period of time or to reopen, face the potential of a reinfection and have to shut down a second time? That latter seems a bit worse. Um, I mean, there is a third option, which I don't quite understand why we don't press harder on, which is in South Korea, they did so much testing that they could reopen, and the only people that have to go into lockdown are the people who test positive for the disease. And if you're confident that there aren't a whole bunch of people walking around who have it, who have not been tested, then you can get out of lockdown. Korea is not in lockdown, despite being one of the hardest hit uh, countries in the world. So if you have to choose between those two, I think letting people back out such that they start reinfecting each other and then we have to go back to square one of back into lockdown is worse. Um, but, but like I say, there is this third option. I think you'd agree. It's not really a stimulus package that got passed. It's maybe a sustenance package, a recovery package. Can, the, can you keep going back to the federal trough and just print money because the machines can go forever? That doesn't sound good for the economy. Uh, you can, in a way, go back. And the, the wrong thing to be thinking at this moment is the question of, well, should are we paying for it right now? You know, when World War II starts, you don't say, how do we make World War II revenue neutral? You think, how do we beat the Nazis? How do we beat the Japanese? And then let's sort it out. And that is what we should be thinking. Now, that said, I, I think you're right. This isn't stimulus in the conventional sense. This isn't like, ah, we're going to give you $1,200 and, and you're going to go out and spend it. And then whoever you spend it on, they're going to go out and spend beyond that. This, we will have to go back to the trough and ask for more relief money. No matter how much money it is, we will burn through this money until we can get control on that virus. The president has said, or said on Wednesday of this past week, uh, hey, without the team I have, you wouldn't have a country. Something he likes to say. Look, you understand these things. How would you rate the team that's working on this? Mnuchin, Kudlow, those kind of folks. Hey, it's a, I'm a tough grader, uh, but Mike, we're on spring break still, so I'm not going to give them uh, give them a grade. I will say, so maybe it's it's incomplete. We're yet to, we're we're at the midterms. We haven't seen the final, but look, I I will say I don't understand why we spent. 
six to eight weeks with this thing raging first in China, in Italy, in Korea, in a number of places, why we didn't use that time to ramp up the testing and ramp up the ventilators. And we lost that, but let's do it now. I mean, what, what, are, we, what are we doing? The, the mobilization's got yeah. to be on a wartime footing to get control of this virus's spread. Uh, people seem to, they were afraid to use the term recession. That horse seems to be out of the barn now. We're now hearing the phrase depression from time to time. Let's not scare anybody, but, you know, look, depression means continued downturn, fall in, in, in employment uh, and production. Are we facing, uh, facing the potential of a depression? I hope not. Look, I think it's out of the barn. There is a recession. We're in a recession. We're in a, a very steep downturn. Hopefully it'll be a very steep short downturn. A depression to me is a little different because it involves the financial system falling apart and it's kind of like you go down and you can't get back up. Th thus far, we're, we're all hoping that this is temporary and our goal now has got to be control the virus, give people relief so that they nobody starves, we don't do permanent damage from a temporary shock. Uh, and, and try to prevent anything from becoming permanent. Unless we start seeing stuff becoming permanent, I don't think that we're in depression material. All right, great insight. Professor Austin Goolsby, thank you so much for your time. Very much appreciated. Yeah, and one more break, and we'll be right back. Hey, if you or someone you know is looking to apply for help from the state, you can find all of the resources at coronavirus.illinois.gov. We'll have the latest from Governor J.B. Pritzker for you this afternoon at 2.30 here on WGN. Jackie Bang and I will bring it to you. All right. Stay safe, uh, stay safe Taman. And we stay also home. Bye-bye.